Romans chapter 11. Moving along. We only got a couple of few verses. Last week we'll uh, work our way down through this passage. Romans chapter 11. With the Lord's guidance, we pray. Heavenly Father, we do uh, come before you tonight, Lord, in gratitude for your grace and for all the things that you do uh, uh, dispensationally, Father, as you uh, carry out your plan and your purpose, as as your will progresses through history. We we thank you, Father, that that you uh, have sent preachers and. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word. And and how could we believe except we hear? And how could we hear except those preachers had been sent? And and Lord, we thank you for the for the spirit of grace and of strength and of sacrifice that that you've put into your servants down through the ages to uh, to bring your uh, to bring your word to your people. And we pray, Father, that that spirit of strength and of faith and of service would be in us as we go through your word here tonight. We pray that you would teach us in our Savior's name. Amen. Romans chapter 11. We uh, are talking about the olive tree. We can pick up in verse 15, Romans 11 verse 15. For if the casting away of them, that's Israel, be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? Now Paul's been talking about the dispensational uh, casting away of the nation of Israel, as have we going down through this passage. And um, here in verse 15, he talks about the casting away of them on the one hand, which happens at, at the beginning of the dispensation, and then the receiving of them uh, that happens after this dispensation is over. And this passage of the olive tree that we've been considering kind of uh, fits in between. For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. And we saw last week that the first fruit as well as the root are uh, the fathers. Abraham uh, in particular, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the, uh, the founders, the first fruits, the root of that nation of Israel. They were chosen by God. They were separated. They are holy. And if the first fruit is holy, if God accepts the sacrifice, the offering of the first fruit, He accepts the entire uh, harvest. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, wert graft in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Thou wilt say then, the branches were broken off that I might be graft in. Well, because of unbelief they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. Now we got in down through around verse 19 or so uh, last week, and we saw that the uh, the broken-off branches there 
He's, he's reiterating what he's already said several times in, in different ways that, uh, that nation of Israel has been broken off. And we pointed out last time that, that to be broken off of this olive tree in this passage, in this context, um, has to do with unbelievers with unbelievers who are in a position of advantage with God and don't, um, don't respond to that position and reject the offer that they have. They don't have salvation. The, the branches that were broken off in verse 17 is, is that unbelieving nation. They weren't saved. They were never saved. They didn't have salvation. They were broke. They weren't broken off in the sense that they lost their salvation. They they didn't have that. They were broken off in that uh, those verses that we looked at. All the, of that advantage that Israel had, the adoption, the covenants, the promises, the the service of God, all of those things that that position of favor, what. Uh, David called and Paul quoted as Israel's table. There, God laid out that, that provision of blessing before them and set them above the other nations and they despised uh, his, uh, his goodness and they were broken off as a result in the form of a dispensational change. God took the salvation away from Israel, we read in Acts 28, and the salvation of God went to the Gentiles. Now again, just like when Israel had salvation, Bob, you were talking about that verse earlier, that salvation is of the Jews. When that was true, when the Lord said it, that didn't mean that every Jew was saved. It meant that if you wanted to get saved, you had to go to Israel. You had to talk to a Jew. You had to get their truth, their doctrine, uh, their gospel. Now today, obviously that's not true. You and I went to Israel or down to local synagogue or wherever and asked a, a religious Jew, show me the way of salvation. They'll be happy to show you something, but it won't be the way of salvation. Salvation is not with the Jew today. You want to get salvation today, you need to go out and talk to somebody who understands uh, the gospel of the grace of God in this Gentile dispensation. So, just as the salvation of God was with Israel, but not every Jew was saved, the salvation of God today is with the Gentiles, though not every Gentile is saved, obviously. So that's what we're talking about. There's a dispensational change here. The branches were broken off, and thou, verse 17, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them. And I pointed out to you last time that that wild olive tree is grafted into the, the good olive tree, the green olive tree. It's not that branches are broken off of the wild olive tree and grafted in. The whole tree is cut off, minus the root and the stump. We'll see that in a minute. But the tree itself is, is taken off and it's grafted into Israel's uh, uh, olive tree. That is the, the fatness of the root now. The life, the, the, the blessing of Abraham has come to the Gentiles as a whole, in toto. It's not just the church or just believing Gentiles that we're talking about here. Um, 
So you're partaking of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Boast not against the branches. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Don't go getting um, anti-Semitic. And we said last week, that verse, verse 18, you want to take along with verse 19. Because you want to see the warning in verse 19 if you disobey verse 18. When the church, that is the the uh, professing church, the Gentile uh, uh, people who have responded to that call of God, whether in true faith or not, when they uh, begin to boast against the branches, and the world, the Gentile world, gets anti-Semitic, and particularly the church, the so-called church, the professing Gentile church starts to boast against fallen Israel, their boast is, thou wilt say then, verse 19, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. And the result, the, 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 the curse of that boast, the curse of the church's anti-Semitism through the centuries, through the millennia, has been that it has tried to take the place of Israel. That it has, when, when the church, the, the professing church, when the Gentile nations boast against that fallen nation, the result of it is that they begin to, uh, to assimilate in and to try and take its place and to try to become Israel. And that becoming Israel has been the downfall and the apostasy and the destruction and the death of the Gentile church for these last 2,000 years. That's where the apostasy comes from. That's where the destruction and the death comes from. It's when the church believes itself to be Israel. Because what comes after that is, a, is, a, is Israel's gospel and salvation by works, and a performance-based uh, uh, system of religion that Israel had, and what that is, is idolatry. And that apostasy that starts with anti-Semitism and boasting against that fallen nation turns into replacing them. They were broken off that I might be grafted in. They had to be moved over to, to make room for me. So now I'm Israel. And what that comes down to is, we read in the next verses, verse 20, uh, 20, Well, because of unbelief they were broken off, and thou standest by faith, be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell severity, but toward thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shalt be cut off. Now I want to point out to you again the, uh, the singular language here that Paul is using. He's not talking to individual people, believers, unbelievers, never mind. He's talking to that wild olive tree. 
He says, you want to you see verse, verse 17. If some of the branches, plural, that's Israel. He's stressing the fact that not all Israel has been cast away, only some. Now you say, well, that some is the whole nation. Well, yeah, it's the nation, but it's not every Jew. So Paul's point is to single out those individuals who have, who have uh, come in by the election of grace. But when it comes to the wild olive tree, some of the branches are broken off, and thou, now you know enough about your King James Old English to know that thou is singular. And, and thee is singular as opposed to ye. And he says, Thou being a wild olive tree art grafted among them. Verse 18, uh, If thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Thou wilt say then, as if he's talking to one person. He said, Who is he talking to? Remember back in verse 13, he tells you, I speak to you Gentiles. Inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office. He's talking to the Gentiles as a single group of, uh, of, uh, of people. So he uses that singular language all down through this passage, without exception, and that's important. All the way down through, verse uh, 24, For if thou uh, wert cut out of the wild olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted in contrary nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, plural again, see it's always Israel, plural, the, the, uh, uh, the, the other singular, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree. Now that's the end of the olive tree now we're not done studying it but that's the end of the olive tree illustration now verse 25 he switches but I would not brethren that ye should be ignorant and you see you see the, how, how intentional in that olive tree passage that singular uh, uh, voice is there he's talking to uh, he's not talking to individuals he's talking to a group He's talking to Gentiles. Uh, because of unbelief, back in verse 20, they were broken off. And thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. So Israel had all of these promises. God said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to put you in this land. I'm going to exalt you above the nations. I'm going to give you all of these wonderful things. And all of those promises uh, were left un fulfilled because of Israel's unbelief. So, he's, Paul says, look, these guys were the natural branches. They, they had the right to the fatness of that, of that olive tree, to the blessing of Abraham. You, Gentiles, you stand by faith. There's no covenant here. There's no promises. What did we read in, in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 2 last time? You, were, you in time past were Gentiles who were strangers from the covenants and the promises uh, and, and without Christ having no hope and without God in the world. You, you guys, you Gentiles, you Gentile world out there. Now again, the audience that's hearing his words obviously are going to be the professing church. The people who are reading their Bible, hearing their Bible uh, read. But he's talking to the world and believers, believing Gentiles, or professing believing Gentiles in particular.
He says, you guys, you stand by faith. This dispensation works on pure faith. There are no promises. There are no. Uh, there's nothing for you to uh, to boast about here. Nothing whatsoever. It's all faith. Now, uh, hold here and just come over a few pages to the end of the epistle in chapter chapter 16 and see what he's talking about. You say, well, if these guys stand by faith, they must be saved. No. Listen, the entire Gentile world in this dispensation stands by faith. That is, the, uh, the dispensation under, which, under the, the umbrella of which this world falls today is a dispensation of a commandment of faith. When this dispensation ends, that umbrella goes away. And this world doesn't stand uh, uh, under that under that commandment of God anymore. They've they've uh, they've given up their chance, and then it's not uh, commandment of faith. You remember what uh, what James Bond movie was it where where the guy had him tied up on the table and, and Bond says, "What do you want me to do? Talk?" And he says, "No, I want you to die." <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah. But that's yeah, that's that's the idea. The I, there you go. So the idea, the idea being that that the Lord wants the world to do something today, and that is to believe. When it when it comes to that time, it's going to be you know what? It's it's time to die. The commandment of faith is over. It's judgment time. And uh, uh, Romans chapter sixteen. The, talking about the mystery, verse 26, uh, that was uh, kept secret since the world began, but now is manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. See, that's where all nations stand today. Not by covenant, not by promise, but by a commandment of God to believe, to, to, to obey by faith. The, the commandment of God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. So that's where the world stands today, including that nation of Israel. We are all under the umbrella of this dispensation of the goodness of God that has been poured out to uh, to the world back in chapter 11. Thou wilt say then, verse 19, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. They had all these promises and, and, and whatnot, and they still got broke off. You, you stand by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare not thee. Now, how and when did God spare not the natural branches. That's a reference back up to verse 17 when the branches got broken off. When, how did that happen? That happened by a dispensational change. Salvation was with Israel. God changed the, the program. Salvation was taken from Israel. They were broken off. So he says, God spared not the natural branches. So they uh, they were judged at that point. 
Take heed, lest he also spare not thee. Now how is God going to spare not the Gentiles? The same way. By a dispensational change. What Paul is saying here is, look people, this isn't forever. This isn't permanent. Israel is not blinded altogether and forever. They're blinded partially and temporarily. That's what Paul is getting across here. This dispensation, this goodness of God that's poured out to the world in today, is this isn't going to last forever. This dispensation is going to come to an end and you Gentiles are going to be cut off just like Israel was cut off by a dispensational change. The salvation of God which was sent to the Gentiles is going to be taken from them again and given back to the to the ones who had it to start with. Behold therefore uh, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell now that's in this dispensation we should behold the goodness and severity of God on them which fell severity Israel is fallen today Israel is blinded today you notice that word severity it's got the word sever in it Israel is cut off today So, and that's a living daily truth of this dispensation behold it toward them which fell severity but on them uh, toward thee goodness if thou continue in his goodness otherwise thou also shalt be cut off just like Israel was cut off just like the salvation of God left Israel the salvation of God is going to leave the Gentiles and it's going to do it when the Gentiles cease to continue in his goodness you say well what does that mean how are the Gentiles again doesn't that have to be believers how is the world continuing in God's goodness well listen how did Israel continue in God's goodness some of them were saved some of them weren't but as a group as a nation the goodness of God was being uh, was being shared and poured out to them unto a point unto a point where they rejected and they rejected and they rejected and when the fullness of the time came God said okay that's enough that's it we're done it's over and God's going to do the same thing in this dispensation now look come with me uh, get 1st Timothy chapter 4 This dispensation is going to end like every dispensation ends in in failure. Every dispensation ends in failure and in judgment. Every dispensation is a, is a continual cycle and rehearsal of God uh, giving another chance in another way uh, to another people in another mode, to, and He does everything that he can he says how much more could I have done to my to my uh, vineyard how much more could I have done and 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 at sundry times and in diverse ways he put he put man in the garden in absolute innocence it ended in failure 
He left man to uh, every man to, to, to do what was right in his own eyes. It ended in failure and judgment. He instituted, he, he instituted human government when that judgment was over so that men could govern themselves and keep themselves in check and that ended in failure so he calls out and he gives one nation a law a direct uh, uh, reading of his of the mind of God and the morality of God and he told them what was right uh, according to his perspective according to truth how could you fail with that and it ended in failure the the uh, the tribulation to come is certainly going to end in the failure of, uh, of, of mankind to, to heed and obey God. The millennium is going to end in failure. Satan is going to be let out and he's going to gather all the nations again against Christ and this dispensation of the grace of God is no exception. This dispensation ends in apostasy in the church and abject wickedness in the world. 1 Timothy chapter 4 Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils speaking lies and hypocrisy having their conscience seared with a hot iron forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth there's going to be uh, an apostasy in the church in the latter days and you see what he says some are going to depart from the faith Romans 11 uh, you stand by faith but you need to continue the goodness of God that commandment of faith has come upon you that opportunity to believe and to and to obey by faith but some are going to depart you know we read this passage here in, in 1 Timothy chapter 4 about that departure in the latter days and we and we see that word some and we think of it as kind of a small group we're looking for there's going to be a little group of believers somewhere some some heretical group who's going to start forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats but listen how many of the branches were broken off some of the branches were broken off and thou wert grafted in. Well, how many is some? Some is the entire nation, isn't it? So when Paul says that some shall depart from the faith, don't get the idea that some means a small number. Some just means not all. In Romans 11, it's the vast majority, and so it is here. And what are they going to do? They're going to uh, they're going to start with dietary restrictions and uh, and and telling you uh, who you can or whether you can or can't uh, marry. They're going back. They're going back under that um, clean unclean uh, world and religious view. They're putting themselves in that uh, in that religious place. They 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 have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Look over in Second Timothy. Now that's the church. Now again, when I say the church, do I mean believers? No. What does Paul say? They'll depart from the faith. What does that mean? It means that apostate church, the church that that you and I all know, when people talk about the church. 
a, 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 a monument, a morgue that, that stands out there just as dead as dead can be that happens to have a steeple with a bell in it. You call it a church. And the thing's been dead for a thousand years and, 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 and less than that with, with uh, other denominations, but, but nevertheless dead. And why? Because they've tried to take the place of Israel. That's why. And that's death in this dispensation. You don't want to be Israel in this dispensation. So you've got, all, you've got this professing church out here who has departed from the faith and they have not been cut off yet, but they will be. Second Timothy chapter 3. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters. Now we're not talking about the church. Now we're talking about the rest of those Gentiles that, that Paul's talking to in Romans chapter 11. See, there's apostasy in the church, but there's this trend toward uh, wickedness in the world. And they're all seen together as one group in Romans chapter 11. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, uh, traitors, heady, high-minded. What did Paul say? You boast against the branches, be not high-minded, but fear. That's right. These are the guys he's talking to. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. And he goes down in through that, uh, through that passage talking about how they're going to get worse and worse. Deceiving and being deceived. Come over to Second uh, Thessalonians, just a couple pages to your left. Second Thessalonians chapter two. You know, we won't well, maybe we will take the time to go there. Alright, Second Thessalonians two, I'll hold off on on uh, Galatians for a minute. We can go and look at that next. Second Thessalonians chapter two. We know the passage. Paul talks about the man of sin and the Antichrist is going to come and the mystery of iniquity and all of that. Um Verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day, the day of Christ, shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things, and now you know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. You see, Paul uh, is, is going to tell us in a couple of verses in Romans chapter 11 there that, uh, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. 
Here, talking about the uh, the Antichrist and the and the program of iniquity that is working toward the Antichrist, Paul says that's already at work. But he who now is someone's withholding right now, he's holding it back in this dispensation. The goodness of God is being poured out in this dispensation temporarily for a while. It's been a long while now, but it won't be forever. The mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Uh, And then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, watch it, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. You see, Paul's what Paul is doing in this passage, and we, you know, we look at this passage and we go, you know, it's really a kind of a marvelous thing that it's the Apostle Paul who gives such a kind of detailed description of the Antichrist, and you wouldn't think, you wouldn't expect that because the Antichrist is not part of Paul's dispensation. But Paul gives a more detailed uh, uh, and concentrated view of this man of sin uh, um, that, and, and details that no other Bible writer brings out about him. And you think to yourself, well, why is that? Why would that be given to Paul to, uh, to, to give that revelation of this guy who's coming in the next dispensation? Well, Paul's point in this passage here is the people who are passing from this dispensation into that one. The unbelievers, those who receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved, those who didn't didn't receive the gospel of grace, those who didn't continue in God's goodness, they went off and tried to become Israel, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, and, and rejecting, perverting the gospel of Christ, and they find themselves in the tribulation, and he who now letteth is no longer letting, and that hand of restraint is lifted, and they find themselves under that judgment that Paul is warning them about in Romans chapter 11. With all deceivableness, what did we just read in Timothy? Deceiving and being deceived. Evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse. Deceiving and being deceived. Deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. For this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. They came through the dispensation of faith and they rejected it. And God says, okay, you don't want to believe? You don't want to believe me? I'll give you something that you will believe, and it'll be a lie. He's talking about the Antichrist is the lie. That they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, we just read in Timothy. And then he says, but for you, we give thanks because you believed the gospel and uh, you're going to get caught away. Now, when here, come with me. Come back to Galatians, that 
passage came to my mind. Let's look at it. I want you to see something. We, we've, we, we've probably, every one of us in this room has probably looked at this verse a thousand times. Galatians chapter 1. Chapter 1, verse 6. But I want to point out a couple of things to you that you may or may not have considered before about this verse in the context of what we're talking about here. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6, Paul says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. So this, the, the mystery of iniquity doth already work, right? Two things I want to point out to you about that verse. Number one, Paul doesn't say, uh, I'm sad that you're so soon removed. He doesn't say, I'm grieved. He doesn't say, I'm angry. He says, I marvel. Paul's surprised. He's surprised. He's shocked. He, it took him unexpectedly. Now, the second thing I want to point out to you is exactly what took him by surprise. Didn't we just read that the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the last days some are going to depart be removed, not continue. Paul knew about that. He told the Thessalonians, and that was even earlier. What Paul marvels about is not that these people apostatized. I marvel that you are so soon removed. Well, what is Paul saying here? It would have been okay if they waited a little while and then apostatized? No. He knows there's going to be apostasy in the church in the last days. He says, I marvel that you guys are so soon removed. You guys, you guys are, you're, you're giving it up now. You're departing from the faith now. What is supposed to happen in the last days and the failure and the judgment of this dispensation, I, that what was a shock to Paul was that it was happening in his day with his churches. And what was that apostasy but returning to the law and trying to make themselves Israel? See, Paul's wonderment here is not that they apostatized. It's the timing. Back to Romans 11. So, so the Gentiles are going to be cut off one day. And this, this outpouring of grace and of the goodness of God is going to stop. It's going to come to an end. Just like the salvation of God being with Israel came to an end. They're going to be cut off. Romans chapter 11 Verse 22, Behold therefore the goodness and severity of God on them which fell severity, but toward thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shalt be cut off. And we know by the scriptures we've looked at and others that uh, the Gentiles will not continue in God's goodness. There's going to come a time when the fullness of the Gentiles become in. That is, God looks at the Gentile world and looks at this Gentile dispensation and says, okay, it's done. It's full. We're full. No more room. No more beds. Go somewhere else. For And they also, those broken off branches, that, that nation, now, now look, the broken off branches, they're dead. They're long dead and gone. They, they were 2,000 years ago in terms of the individuals, but that nation, 
abides as a, as a nation of broken off branches. And they also, that nation, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. Now again, they were broken off by a dispensational change. How are they going to get grafted in again? by a dispensational change. Paul's not talking about Jews getting saved in the dispensation of grace. He'll tell us that in just a second. They're going to get grafted in again. That nation will. For if thou wert cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, so now, up in verse 17, it was the whole, the, uh, you were a wild olive tree. Now in verse 24, you're cut out of a wild olive tree. And the idea there is that the stump is still there. You remember Nebuchadnezzar? He had the, uh, the, the dream of the tree and it was cut down, but the stump and the roots were left. And, and, and he went off for seven years and became a wild man, and, but, but his reason returned to him. And he got his kingdom back. And that was the idea of the stump and the root was still there. He wasn't done forever. Well, is, uh, the, the nations, the Gentile nations, uh, were a wild olive tree. They were cut out and grafted into uh, the good olive tree, but the stump and the roots were left, and they're going back. The Gentile nations are going back to their wild spiritual roots. The goodness, listen, when the goodness of God leaves, it's the goodness of God that maintains His people. It's the same with Israel. When the goodness of God leaves the Gentiles and this dispensation ends, they're not going to continue on in their, in their, uh, in their happy, uh, moral, civil way. They're going uh, to revert back to what they to what they were before the goodness of God was poured out upon them. For if thou wert cut out of the wild olive tree, the olive tree which is wild by nature, and wert grafted in contrary to nature, you're not the natural seed of Abraham. Remember, you stand by faith. So you are grafted in contrary to nature into a good olive tree. How much more shall these which be the natural branches? Remember, what advantage then is there in circumcision? What, what good does it do you to be a Jew? Much, every way. There are advantages to being the natural branches. Chiefly, because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. And it's much more natural for a Jew to believe the word of God than it is for a Gentile. Hold here. Let me let me let me show you what I'm talking about. Come come back to uh, chapter two at the end of chapter two. You remember this verse? Verse uh, twenty-five and following. For circumcision verily profiteth if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision dost transgress the law? You see that circumcision by nature... Again, Ephesians 2, you who are called uncircumcision in the flesh by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh, 
that's that. That's that's these guys who who are by nature a wild olive tree, and the ones who are by nature come from a good olive tree. That's what Paul's talking about here. Um, back in Romans 11, let's got a couple of minutes yet. Get down through this passage. Um, Verse 24, If thou wert cut out of the olive tree which is wild by nature and wert graft contrary to nature into a good olive tree, you know, people, people say about that, you know, naturally what you would do if you were a husbandman, if you were somebody who tended a, a, uh, a vineyard or, or uh, an olive grove or whatever that's called there, normally, naturally what you would do is you would take the good branch and you would graft it into a wild Branch and what that does is the 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 life in the wild one is more vibrant, but the branch itself still yields good fruit. So you get kind of the best of both worlds. The worst thing to do would be to take a branch from the wild olive tree and put it into the good uh, uh, olive tree because then you get the worst of all situations. Now whether that's what Paul's talking about or not, I don't know. I have a problem with kind of extra biblical interpretations of, of scripture. If I can't find it in the Bible, I don't want to say that that's what he's talking about. Paul talks about we who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles. Galatians chapter two, he tells that to Peter when Peter separated himself. And he says, if you being a Jew livest as do the Gentiles, why do you compel the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? And there again, Peter was guilty, Paul said. He was to be blamed for trying to make the Gentiles Israel. And that's the whole point here. Okay. How much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? Now let me, before we come out of the olive tree illustration here, let me point out one more thing to you. Think about what God had to do in order to include us, Gentiles. He had to fix it so that a lot of things that seemed to be were really something other than what they seemed to be. The seed of Abraham, God fixed it so that people who weren't really the seed of Abraham could be the seed of Abraham by faith. Christ, Paul says, you know, when you really think about it and look back at at those verses back there, he doesn't say to seeds as of many, He says, to thy seed as of one, and that seed is Christ. Now listen, that's that's legitimate. And God had that in mind when he wrote that down so that he could have that when he needed it. But it's not natural. It's not a natural interpretation of these passages. We've been seeing all through this book of Romans how Paul pulls these verses out of their context and applies them to the Gentiles. It's unnatural. It's not illegitimate. You can see the wonder of, of how God had this all planned out, how he allowed for it. But it's not natural. What's natural is to say that Israel is the seed of Abraham. What's natural is to say that that nation that actually came from Abraham is the nation that God said he was going to bless. What's na- see, that's what's natural. So, that, so Paul says, you know, if God was able to take you against nature and and fit you in how much more 
can he graft in the, those which, which be the natural branches? It's a much, uh, a much easier thing for him to do in, in that sense. Now, we're out of the olive tree illustration, so I'll stop. But I want you to notice before we end the olive tree, whole olive tree illustration, when Paul talks about grafting in those old branches again, you want to see the first word of verse 25. Four. How is God going to graft in, receive again, uh, those broken off branches is it by a Jew getting saved by grace in this dispensation or is it by a change in a dispensational change Paul tells you in verse 25 the reason and the method by which he's going to accomplish verse 24 is for I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. Until this Gentile dispensation is over, and so all Israel shall be saved as it is written. That's the grafting back in. That the, the receiving of them, the life from the dead that Paul's talking about here. So the whole point of this, of this olive tree passage is talking about the dispensational goodness and severity of God and how that his salvation who was with this people came over to this people but that that is a temporary situation. And it's a warning to those people, the Gentiles, us, the church, them, the world, all of us Gentiles, to continue in the faith, continue in His goodness. Now for you and me, this thing's going to end with a rapture. And the Lord's going to come and He's going to catch us all away and forever we will be with the Lord. But for the rest of the world who believe not, receive not the love of the truth. They, you talk about the blindness of Israel, God sends them strong delusion that they should believe a lie and they wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived in that lie. And there is that, uh, that, that, that global, global blindness and wrath that falls upon this world until... The Savior comes to Zion and, uh, and brings Israel back. We're done.